Hello, mamas. We are Allison, Kelsey, and Melissa, and we would like to welcome you to the Unstressed Mama podcast, the podcast that will teach you how to manage the daily stress that comes from being a mom. Nothing is off limits here. From peeing your pants to balancing your budget to working out, we'll talk about it. Hey there, listeners. It's Melissa here. Uh, One more time, we have Allison back with Dawn Haywood um, in order to continue our chakra series. And just before I clicked record here, I had to clear my throat, um, which is a sign that there is some, I'll give you a little uh, spoiler here, that, you know, my throat chakra could be uh, worked on a little bit. So you will get some uh, insight on how to know if your throat chakra is uh, blocked and how to clear it as you have been in the previous chakras um, as we're moving up the body. Um, There are two more after this. They are so exciting. And I also wanted to add in here that we are at one year of having the Unstressed Mama podcast. It has been great to have you as a listener. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review um, on Apple Podcasts. Um, So that way, uh, one, we know that you're listening and we'd love to know what you think. So thank you in advance for that. Um, And as as we roll into the new year, we're going to continue the every other week release of new episodes. We have two more chakra episodes and then we'll have a new series for you in February. So, um, this one actually hit home with me a little bit. Um, I have some thyroid issues myself and that's something else that you might have with a blocked chakra. And ironically, I was chatting with a friend the other day and she was like, have you thought of acupuncture? So I'm going to reach back out to Dawn to see what she thinks about that. Um, but acupuncture in my mind, as I'm learning about all the chakras here is one thing that helps kind of realign all the inside pieces of your body. So to me, those things are related. Um, and so when my friend said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense to try to use acupuncture for me to help with my thyroid. But I imagine that can help with all of your chakras as well. Um, if you're into those things, if not listen in, see what you think. Um, and you get that little froggy in your throat, or maybe you're afraid to speak in public. That was also me when I was a uh, younger person. Now I'm a teacher, so I, I don't really have issues with that as much anymore. But I couldn't do a speech for a speech class. It was like shaking knees, like voice would not work. So this one really hit home for me. Um basically covers most of my life in one way or another. So have a listen. Thank you for being with us. Um, If you're new and you're just catching this now, you can go back to the beginning and get to the Meet the Mamas podcast um, where you find out who we are, what we're doing. That was just over or just under a year ago. And I'll let you get to it. Hey, Mamas. We are back again with another installment of the Chakra Series with Don Haywood. And today's episode will be all about the throat chakra. Just like in all of the other chakras, an imbalance can manifest in a lot of surprising ways. If this one is out of balance, it can cause speech impediments, 
which seems obvious with the throat chakra, but also ear infections, sore throats, and thyroid issues. So I'm really excited to get into this one. And welcome, Dawn. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Allison. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I really love uh, the throat chakra, as I mentioned in the uh, last podcast, along with the heart. Um, before I go on, I do remember that I did not share with, with our listeners what the color associated uh, with the, the heart chakra, and that is the color green, and then also it's the element of air. So just um, in case you were missing that from our prior series, I did want to make sure I added that. So moving into the throat chakra, um, this, this chakra is very, this energy center is very focused on sound vibration. So if you place your fingertips on your throat, um, you can really feel the way the voice is vibrating. And some people may even feel their voice vibrating in their chest or their back, or maybe even in their belly, because they're um, very, very connected to the way their, their, their voice works within their body and feels within their body. So as Allison mentioned, communication is really the focus of this chakra. In Sanskrit, it's known as visuddha or purification um, because you're trying to speak the truth. That is um, in the eight limbs of yoga. Um, there are there one of the limbs is the yamas and niyamas. And one of the yamas is unharming or um, uh, not Anapura. Um, oh, this is one of my favorites. I can't think of the Sanskrit, uh, but it's non-harming, ahisma, ahisma for non-harming. Um, so your voice is one way um, you can manifest um, or practice the, the concept of non-harming, not using um, gossiping words, um, trying not to speak ill of people. And, and in fact, gossip, gossiping is one of the ways the, the body shows an excess too much, um, where this, the chakra is, is so open, um, that you, you gossip, you talk too much, you're not able to listen. Um, you have a very dominating voice. I have a very loud voice. Um, I often find that my throat chakra is in excess um, in addition to my heart chakra um, and that you interrupt people a lot. We talked in the last podcast about listening and, and the listening skills. This is where some of that can manifest if it's if your throat is too open. So backing up, um, you know, we did talk about, or I mentioned earlier about communication. Uh, this chakra is also about, can be about finding your voice, um, finding that message, um, being very clear in the way you're speaking with people. I do a lot of training and there are times where my throat chakra is so open that I'm going in 17 different directions, I've actually probably confused the, per the person I'm trying to teach more because I'm not staying on task and giving them clear messages. Uh, there's also a, an element of creativity with the uh, throat chakra. And this developmental stage is between seven and 12 years. 
Um, so the point where you're beginning to develop or cultivate your own self-expression, um, that's middle school, you know, late elementary, middle school. And um, I know for, from my experience, my daughter's experience, that is a very challenging time to try to find how you fit in, um, particularly if you are more of an intro introverted personality or uh, maybe a, a very extroverted person, but someone who may not have learned the best way to express oneself. Um, you know, we're told, I was always told, you know, um, be seen, not heard. Uh, so it was always difficult to know when to appropriately express yourself. So the color for this chakra is bright blue. Um, I'm sort of wearing a tealy bright blue uh, again today. And it's the right to be heard. If you are, um, your throat chakra is a bit more closed off, you may have a fear of speaking. And that's real. And it's, it's something that can take practice to open, especially if you are a more introverted person. So I do encourage you to, if that is um, a fear of yours, to be patient with yourself and to um, know that, that this may be something you need to take time to practice and cultivate to find your voice. You must also have a weak voice. Um, not, you know, there are, there are people who, um, their tone is softer or their words are, aren't as, as, uh, confident as others. So that would be where your, your throat may be a little deficient. And then I mentioned a little earlier difficulty finding the right words. So that's another, um, another sign that your throat chakra may be a little bit closed. So physical manifestations, oftentimes it's a lump in the throat. Um, for me, I feel that quite often and I'm actually feeling it more now. And it may be because I'm doing a lot of work with my heart and throat chakras, trying to find my voice in different aspects of my life. But it can also manifest in tightness of the jaw or perhaps in um, even into the shoulder pain. Everything is interconnected as we talked about in the last podcast. So some of the healing practices, grounding, um, the throat chakra, again, is another one of these transitory chakras, moving into um, building on all the work that you've been doing in your lower chakras. Um, and oftentimes, sometimes you just need to sit down, take that deep breath, reconnect to the belly, get everything in the lower body relaxed. And then you may find that that will allow your throat to loosen and release your nurturing, anything you can do to nurture yourself, whatever that means for you. It could be breathing. It could be a bath. It could be running. It could be playing on the floor with your kids. It could be just snuggling with your, your newborn. Um, it could be having a conversation with your teenager or your young adult um, child. And you can journal writing it down can, can be a very freeing practice and releasing the voice. This, um, I did mention this briefly in the last podcast, but by uh, using the voice, it, there is a breathing technique called bumblebee breath, where you take a deep breath in and then you can 
and you can even block your ears and you just feel that that sound just vibrating through your throat, your head, and that can that can help uh, release any tightness or holding in the throat area. You can also um, be a warrior and go ha huh, when you're as you're exercising. Um, <laughs> you're you're doing you know you're doing your your any kind of pressing or you're um, bringing your hands down to your side. You go ha huh, ha. Huh. Ha! Huh. And you're not only working your voice; you could be working your um, your sacral and your sacral chakra too, because you're you're moving things around. Um, lion's breath, um, taking a deep breath in, sticking your tongue out, and going ha, and just regurgitating it all. And finally, practicing silence, because sometimes you need to be quiet and calm and focused in order to find clarity. Um, I've been just writing and writing. So going <laughs> there's a lot to, there. <laughs> yeah. Going back to finding your voice. So I have a really interesting story about this. My coach, my business coach that I use Manny, he has been a professional musician in the past and a singer and he had a really, um, interesting childhood, grew up in a cult and, uh, then lived in Stockton, California in a really bad ghetto and mm-hmm. all these things. And when he, he grew up and started having a lot of personal problems. And when he was trying to heal them and fix them, he realized that he was having trouble finding his voice because he is a really out there person and loud and has a lot to say. And when he was growing up, that was not accepted. And when he started telling stories about that and how much that squashed him from his, you know, his mom saying, you know, be quiet, you're too loud, this, that, and the other, I was shrinking further and further in my seat because I have a kid who likes to talk all the time and I tell him all the time, you know, let's just be quiet for five minutes. Let's not say anything for three minutes. Let's do this. And I thought, oh, geez, what am I doing here? And when I told Manny that story, he like visibly winced. Oh, and I thought I never thought anything of that because when I was growing up, those are the same things that were said to me because I also like to talk a lot. And if left unchecked or if I have a couple of cocktails, (laughs) you cannot shut me up without probably like physical force or duct tape. Um, And I went through a period in my life in my twenties where I was so shy that people commented on it all the time. I would never say anything in a conversation for fear that, you know, what if it's too much or what if they think that what I have to say isn't good or not smart or whatever things that you think of. And then I thought, wow, I don't, you know, my parents didn't do that to me being mean. They just, you know, you don't want to be a loud person and you need to, and, and that's really, especially now for me, this hits hard, even harder because seven to 12 is the age range that 
mine is in right now. And I have tried to become more cognizant. Now, am I going to let him run around the house screaming at the top of his lungs? Absolutely not. But I try to be very much more aware of when there's endless. Okay, listen to this and hear what is being said. And instead of just saying, like, uh-huh, 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 oh, stop talking, then, you know, really interact with him and ask questions, even though they're probably annoying questions to him, but show that I'm paying attention and, and not squash the voice so much like I was doing before. Absolutely. And that's really a good point, Allison, because when you do that, you, you are giving your child a safe space and you're really nurturing and, and strengthening that relationship. And, and your child knows when, you're, when your throat chakra and your heart chakras are, are balanced and open, um, or you know, your sense that that area is very, very uh, calming and very centered, you do exude a certain type of energy where you people feel safe um sharing and and with children especially it's so important especially as they move into teenagers i've found that with even within our own family that by offering that safe space now that my my girls are older they feel very comfortable sharing and and i become that (laughs) venting post or you know just kind of that person that they can talk to um because they 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 can um for the most part um I feel like I'm not going to judge them. I'm simply going to listen to what they have to say. Um, so it is it is a balance because there are times where you may have things to do or my kids like to talk before they go to bed. <laughs> so yeah. it's, you know, and it's late and I do need to go to bed as well. So there are times where unfortunately I've had to say, oh, can we stop? Um, which I've been apologized for the next day, depending on the way I said it. Um, so it is it, like anything, life is a balance. The important thing is to have that space or be willing to ha- give your child that, that safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, Oh, and then I was going to say, when you talked about doing the warrior breath, when you're working out, I was going to mention, be careful if you do that at Planet Fitness, because they have that no grunting rule or whatever it is. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm in my, I'm in my space. You know, you can oh, see my right. studio space behind me and, and, no, the, and just, we're uh, on Zoom, but yeah, no, it, you do. Allison, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Maybe we could provide a note from, you know, your friendly yoga instructor, this isn't grunting. This is okay. We're not trying to be a lunk or whatever they call it there at Planet Fitness. <laughs> the other option is to just breathe out, just, you know, yeah. go, you know, just because um, there are certain, I know in, in a lot of the cardio kickboxing, you're going, shh, 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 shh. Mm-hmm. so that's, I mean, that's not grunting. You can, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> so yeah. that could be, um, that could be, um, you know, the other piece I was, I had just recently done a class, um, with one of my 
I have many yoga teachers that I work with. Sadie Nardini is the one who is very into the warrior breaths. Um, so a lot of her um, hit type shred classes, she incorporates that kind of reading style um, into it's she calls it the breath of fire. Um, and it really is cathartic because <laughs> she is her niche is to women and to mm -hmm. empower us. And it's it's transforming um, both on a physical and mental level. So so. I would recommend if you have a safe space for yoga, that's probably where you want to use your fire breath and maybe in other, like the gym, maybe you use a sure, a heavy, heavy exhale, mm -hmm. <laughs> a sigh. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely use your exhales when you're, you know, pushing or exerting your, your force. And that can make a huge difference, um, both in the way you're able to, to move your body, but you also at the same time are allowing the entire body from head to toe, an opportunity to release anything that it's been holding, including mm -hmm. what's in your throat. Yeah. So good, good clarification, Allison. Thank you. <laughs> I had like a brief uh, few month period when we lived in our old house where I belonged to Planet Fitness. And I always thought those rules were so funny on the wall. Like no dropping your weights, no grunting, no whatever, no acting like a lunk. I think it was a lunk that they called it. I could be wrong, but um, uh. no, I don't know. I mean, when you're big and muscular, there's just stuff you have to do. True. I assume I've never been big and muscular, but you know, the stereotype in my head says that you have to grunt when you're lifting weights. <laughs> Oh, um, so I wonder with this about your fire breath made me think of it. I have heartburn a lot. And even though that originates in the stomach, it definitely affects my throat a lot and the way that I speak. And I notice sometimes if I feel unprepared or nervous about something, I don't have a speech impediment per se, but I definitely have trouble thinking about words to use. And then I will have to clear my throat repeatedly and nothing helps it, not a cough drop, not water. And then as soon as I'm done with whatever it was that I'm doing, it's gone. Yeah, so that's a great example of how the, um, the throat chakra can manifest in the body and that fear of whatever fear it could be. Um, and it's really a practice. And the one technique that I know for me personally seems to work a lot is working towards practicing releasing any muscle tension. Because when the body is tense, it becomes very contracted, which also, I mean, you could, my shoulders are rising as I'm, I'm demonstrating this in, um, in, in talking about it, you know, the whole body sort of comes up and in. And as you do that, you can really feel your, your throat constricting and, and with the acid reflux, it's all about the way the, the esophageal muscles squeeze. And if you're squeezing all around those muscles, that can be causing the fluids to continue to move upward and, and ultimately landing in that base of the throat. And once 
you consciously notice that your body is tensing, I'm taking a deep breath because that's my body's way of signaling itself to start relaxing. And it does take practice and it may take a few breaths. And it actually, if you exhale through the mouth and you don't have to make sound, it can be very gentle. You're releasing even more tension and, and signaling the body that it's okay to release. So it's, it's a practice of retraining the mind and creating new neural pathways for your, your mind to practice these and rejuvenate and reprogram the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest system. So by when we're in, in a constant fight or flight, that can cause stress, that causes stress on the body. And, and it's a little bit of stress is good. We need the fight or flight. And, and in, the, in history, the fight or flight was used to run away from danger. At, over time, our culture has become this, we've developed this need, I'm using air quotes, to be go, go, go 24 seven. And our culture tells us that when we take time to stop doing something or we're not doing anything, that that's bad. And I, I invite you to flip that on its head and, and look at stopping as good and that constant go as detrimental to your health. And by practicing stopping and doing something you enjoy, it could even be reading a book. It could be reading a book to your kids. It could be just that snuggling with your partner or with your, your um, with someone you love. It could even be your pet, petting your pet. Um, mm-hmm. That allows the neuropathways to signal the pot, you know, create those positive neurons and, and tra- uh, trigger the um, pleasure hormones, which ultimately all contribute to helping your body learn how to relax. And granted, it takes practice. I'm still practicing. I'm practicing mm-hmm. while we're talking <laughs> right. because in each moment, the things change. And as you age, you may find that your heart rate stays very elevated after for hours after you work out simply because that's the way your body is is working now so it's important to practice these skills so that you can visit phys- recognize when those physical symptoms or physical tendencies start to crop up so that you can trigger the brain to 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 switch gears switch neuropathways and relax, start the relaxation process. Yeah, that's, it's um, insane to me how hard it is for most people to relax and that we have gotten to this point in the world where it's seen as a status symbol to be go, 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 go. And um, I am no different than anybody else with that. But part of my change in my business that I recently made was to combat that because I was from early in the morning until late at night. It felt like I never sat down and I never stopped and nothing was ever done. And I 
never get, was well rested at night because, oh, I didn't finish this, this, and this. And oh my gosh, I should still be up doing this, but I'm really tired and it's ridiculous. It really is. And you raised a good point about worrying. Worrying is the enemy of peace. And by worrying, you're actually robbing yourself of a sense of peace. And it is a practice to recognize that and to be okay with simply being in the moment and allowing what you're doing in this moment to be enough and to put trust in your faith, whether it's the universe, God, whatever you subscribe to, and trusting that by being present in this moment that you'll be carried forward into the proper path. And really, I see people, people who are riled up about the state of the world. They feel they have no control. And once you start to realize, well, you do have control. You have control of the way you react. You don't have control of the way um, what's happening around you, the way other people re are reacting to the situation. But you do have control of how you respond and react, respond to these kinds of posts where people are despondent or frustrated or sad, depressed because they can't, they don't see, um, they see no solution. When you come back to yourself and look at why, why are you reacting and kind of doing that self-examination or simply saying, wait, this isn't about me. This is this person's opinion. And feeling comfortable with where you are, that can be very freeing and it can help you detach from getting pulled into that energy that's around you and swirling around you. Yeah, that's, that's a great, I mean, in the mornings I get up and scroll social media and there are days when I just have to uh, stop. No, not today. There's too much awfulness. And I, you know, in the first five minutes I've already unfollowed five different people. And it's just, it's crazy with all the social, the things that you get exposed to. And then like, if I talk to my parents, they don't do social media. And if I say, oh gosh, there's been an uproar about this. Oh, really? We didn't know anything about that. And I hear about it in the things that they do or where they're going. And I think, hmm, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And another way to combat that constant negativity that's out there in our culture is to take a step back and think of one thing that you're grateful for. I know there's a lot of people that I follow who, who do this gratitude practice and I've done it personally. And I'll tell you, it took me from dark, deep despair into feeling much more joyful and, and nurtured um, just by taking 10 minutes or <laughs> I was taking a lot longer because I was doing 20 things every night. Um, but you, you really just need to think of one thing to start small, uh, think of one thing, or maybe three things 
that you are most grateful for every day. And that's a practice you can do first thing in the morning. Um, I like to do it before I go to bed because it allows me to reflect on the day. Um, and, and it does allow me um, talking about the heart and the throat chakra to sit with the compliments, to sit with the good that I've done, the good I've created, rather than just sweeping that under, oh, no, no, that's not a big deal and moving on to really mm -hmm. sit and be proud of what I've accomplished, which mm -hmm. also can, can be a very healing practice for your heart and your throat chakras. Yeah. And that's a hard one too, that to accept that and change or flip it kind of from, I've never done enough. I never do enough. It's never done to, wow, look what I did today. This is awesome. Go me. Yes, definitely. It's hard as women. We we've, you know, we're in a certain age. We have not necessarily been taught that. Um, our culture hasn't taught us that. Um, mm -hmm. We've been taught to just go, 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 go. And um, some of us have been taught your best isn't good enough. So we don't have those skills to just appreciate what we have indeed accomplished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's crazy that it's that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the great thing though, is you can always learn. It takes a little longer. It takes a little elbow grease, but in the right community with the right support system, anything is possible. And yes, change is possible. You are every, every moment you're a different person than you were the moment before. So mm -hmm. whatever, whoever you were as a child does not have to define who you are in this moment. But I'm all about that. I'm a completely different person than I was even 10 years ago. And I talk about that fairly often in my social media posts. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about some of the some of the things to do to put this one back in balance if you find that yours is out of balance. But can you just summarize again what things that we could do at home? Um, if we see that, oh, if we see that it's getting out of balance and, and what those signs are again, and then simple things we can do to get yeah. it back in. Yeah. So some of the signs are excessive, um, talking jealousy, no, not jealousy. Cause that was the last one. Um, yeah. gossiping. That's what I meant, uh, which could be, could stem from jealousy. So gossiping, um, inability to listen too much talking, uh, dominating voice interruptions, a fear of speaking, a weak voice, a difficulty finding the right words. Um, you're looking for the right to, to be heard. They typically, um, you manifest uh, sore throats or um, thyroid problems, um, a, a lump in the throat, a tightness in the jaw. You might even feel some tension in the shoulders. Some healing practices are grounding, nurturing yourself. You can do that by breathing. You can do that simply by sitting on the earth and just connecting to that earth beneath you. Journaling is a great way to find words, even if you just free write 
doesn't have to be anything specific or even articulate, just getting the words down on paper. Releasing your voice. You can do a bumblebee breath where you vibrate, you, you hum and you vibrate um, in, your, uh, in, your, in your head. You can also um, um, roll your, your, um, your lips. You can just blow uh, through your lips and let your lips vibrate if buzzing in the head, um, humming in the head is, is too difficult. Um, you can also stick out your, take a deep breath in and as you exhale, stick out your tongue and make a, a really loud noise. You can, you can just release the, just release the voice um, in any way. And then uh, you can also, the, what seems uh, counterintuitive would be to actually sit in silence. But um, by sitting in silence, you're giving yourself the space for your thoughts, for yourself to observe your thoughts and to start noticing what thoughts start coming up and, and what stories your mind is telling you. And it, that by being in silent silence, you give yourself and your brain the opportunity to say, oh, it's okay to not go off into that story. It's okay to simply come back to the breath or observing the sensations in your body. And, and really by sitting in silence, you're giving your brain an, a much needed break from all the work that it does on a daily basis. So it's not only for your physical body, it's also for your brain. Awesome. Those are really good tips. Um, I'm excited to see that I am already doing a couple of them and there are some that I will be adding into my daily practice. I'm definitely going to do some of this breath stuff with my workouts, especially since I work out in the basement. So there's nobody here to, to judge my breath. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Exciting. Great. All right. Well, thanks again, Dawn. And we will be back. Um, with more chakra before you know it. The Unstressed Memo podcast is brought to you by Allison Rodden, Kelsey Decker, and Melissa Sroby. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Unstressed Mama and on Instagram at Unstressed Mama. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends so other mamas can join in the fun. You can find our individual contact information in the show notes for this episode. If you have questions about this topic or suggestions for future topics, the best place to reach us is through our Facebook group, Instagram page, or email at unstressedmama at gmail.com.